the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in, we'll chat, and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. What's on your financial mind? Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. This is your show after all. You can drop me an email, rob at robblackshow.com, or you can call the show 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Again, um, you know, I keep coming back to this. And yesterday I was at the gym after the show, after everything got wrapped up, after I did my emails. And I was watching a little uh, CNBC. CNBC is something that I refer to as kind of like financial pornography. It's not quite what you think it is. Um, it looks good. It's exciting to watch because you're like, wow, I'm, I'm in the stock market. It's very exciting and it looks good. So you can see my comparison to financial pornography. But it kind of leaves you a little empty. It's not quite like having a real girlfriend. It's not quite real. Um, so keep that in mind. Um, you have to be very, very cautious when dealing with financial media. All financial media. It's kind of tricky. It's not, like I said, it's not sometimes what it appears to be. Um, sometimes you'll hear financial media, and you'll even see this on CNBC or Bloomberg or Fox Business or your local radio station, what have you. You'll hear, you know, hey, today this is why the market went down, and you'll actually hear both sides on why it's good and why it's bad. So be cautious. Okay? Just be cautious. That's the best thing that I could say at this point in time. Target today slashes their guidance as profit falls short. They're still having problems or fallout from the data breach issue that happened last year. Does that feel a little bit like an excuse, or does that feel real? 
Analysts had expected Target to report earnings of 79 cents a share on $17.3 billion in revenue. Revenue increased to $17.4 billion, um, and they pulled in $0.78. Cents. So they, they missed earnings expectations by a fraction, but again, they were reduced expectations. So they were down a lot from last year. So still having a headache year over year based on the massive credit card breach and problems in their Canadian stores. Um, some of the video that's coming out is pretty shocking of how minimalist they're pulling off Canada as far as uh, um, stocking of shelves and matching consumer demand with what they they put out. Apple, yesterday hit an intraday record. Um, interesting to note, not wildly, but a little bit. Um, today they opened a little bit higher than yesterday. So they're at an all-time high. Markets are dealing with that. Lowe's cut its outlook while reporting quarterly results. Apple, back to them. Um, Morgan Stanley put out a note yesterday that I'll give you some insights from a little later in the show about how uh, there's eight things going on that could move the stock higher. For the record, I own shares of Apple. It's all about revised fitting any stocks mentioned during the show. Uh, no major economic releases on today's calendar beyond what the Fed Open Market Committee meeting notes say. Um, is the Fed going to be increasing interest rates sooner rather than later? That's what we'll try to get out of that, per se. Anything you want to talk about we can talk about? Money invested in more. Um, yeah, so I think today's probably... probably all tied towards... Um, Monetary policy. I don't see that much else going on. St. Louis continues to be a problem, or just outside of St. Louis, as far as uh, civil disrest, unrest goes in the United States. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. A couple other things to talk about this morning. Uh, a journalist was killed in the Middle East. Um, he was detained in Libya for over 40 days. Um, grisly murder of an American journalist. Extreme militants. How did they abduct James Foley is going to be the big question out there. Um, I don't know. It's a pretty big headline risk to the market right now. What's going on in Israel, Palestinian, Syria area. Um, short term, it is very problematic. Long term, they've been throwing sticks and stones at each other for hundreds of years, and it's probably going to continue. And it'll probably get worse at times, and sometimes it'll be better. So we have that. Um, a four-minute video of an American getting his head cut off. And there's another way of saying that. And you have to say it in the way it is. It's a narrative that's not pretty. It's a narrative that's not nice. It's a narrative that is shockingly upsetting because we all know 
people who do things like journalism go overseas. Um, yesterday there was a big story out on Sprint and cutting prices. And I kind of asked you, I said, at what point in time do you open the dialogue and say, you know what, I'm switching. I've used Verizon because 10 years ago, 15 years ago when I chose a carrier, it was based off of uh, they had the best quality. Fewest drop calls. Now I don't really make calls anymore. I'm more texting. I'm WhatsApping. I'm doing other things. So to me, the data network is more important. And sometimes I'll send a message on Verizon, and it doesn't send because, it, you know, the data is backed up. When I saw Sprint come out with a new plan where you get 20 gigs of data, 10 phone lines, $100, I'm like, that's not bad. Um, let's see what else they have. So I'll probably go into a store because they've lowered prices. Uh, to me, that's material. You know, if you can cut a... $100 bill down to 60 or $200 bill down to 100 that's material. That adds up. That's real money. So good for them. Hopefully they can afford a price war because they have a lot of debt. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, you can find me online at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. You can find me on Twitter, Rob Black Show. YouTube, Rob Black Show. We'll take a break here. Now things, financial, money, investing, and more. I've already hit on this a little bit, but hitting on it again probably makes a little bit of sense. Target cutting its outlook. When you do that story, right next to that is, you know, other retailers struggling. We've heard Macy's have a bad quarter. We've seen Lowe's have a bad quarter. Walmart have a bad quarter. Not painting a good picture. PetSmart's going to consider putting themselves up for sale. Now, PetSmart and Target, to me, kind of remind me of each other. It's a pet supply chain. They're going to weigh strategic alternatives after a board reveal that included conversations with shareholders. The company said it plans to cut costs. It's going to provide more details next quarter and expects to realize savings by the end of the year, i.e., stores are going to be shut down and people are going to be fired. 
PetSmart said it's focusing on pet food, exclusive brands and services, online shoppers, and loyalty programs. They uh, picked up a retailer, Pet360, whose website, pet360.com, petfooddirect.com, and petmd.com, bolster its online businesses. They, to me, I just see big stores. And it's tough in this day and age to succeed when you rent so much or you're, you have so much inventory in such space. I sometimes don't like going to the big stores because I feel lost. Like, um, I'm just trying to get some cat food. What aisle would cat food be on? And you're like, you're intimidated by the process. It is intimidating. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. So some of the headlines out there today are, are heavily tied towards retail. That translates into taking a look at the markets, of course. Markets are driven by uh, business. There's a great headline out today, and I don't know if I want to talk about this one. Um, it's tied towards the NFL. I'll tease that. I'll come back to it in a second. We got the S hundred up fractions. We got the Dow up ten. The Nasdaq down six. But one of the headlines out there today is the NFL, the National Football League. Da 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 da. Doesn't usually pay the act that performs during halftime. But now they're going to ask the artist to pay them and or share some of the spoils and the riches that come with it. So the three candidates to play this year's halftime show, Rihanna, Katy Perry, and Coldplay, they've noticed, they've notified the artist, hey, we're considering you. At the same time, they're asking the acts if they would be willing to contribute a portion of their post-Super Bowl tour income to the league or if they would make some other type of financial contribution in exchange for the halftime gig. Fascinating, right? This is like Rome to me. This is just uber greed. The pay-to-play suggestion got a chilly reception from the candidates' representatives. Every one of them should say no. But then again, would you? If I can dance at the halftime show for the Super Bowl with a t-shirt that said robblack.com on it, I'd consider it. <clears throat> I know you're saying that's not going to be a good look. You're probably right on that, and that's probably fair. So, the NFL season getting ready to get underway, and we're already starting to talk about the Super Bowl. Are you stoked? The 49ers have been outscored something like 57-3. to <laughs> Not a good first two preseason games. But then again, their preseason games. Lack of buying interest kind of hitting Wall Street at this point in time. Okay, enough of the Super Bowl music. Enough, enough. Um, Jenny Ellen is going to be the big speaker of the day. <clears throat> what does she have to be released? Uh, she's going to be speaking Friday at the Jackson Hole Symposium. A um, little fresh insight to... You know, some of the relatively dated views expressed at the last FOMC meeting. So we'll pay attention. Um, Staples met expectations and issued in-line guidance. American Eagle Outfitters provided in-line guidance. So 
pretty mixed overall as far as data goes. But again, I think we're trying to throw it out there again that uh, retail's not retail's not doing great. One area that is doing okay, Apple. Stock crossed an all-time high yesterday and today. Um, when split adjusted, of course. After rising more than sevenfold during the 2007 debut of its smartphone, Apple stock lost a third of its value in the year after the iPhone 5's release on concerns that the company was running out of hit product ideas without co-founder Steve Jobs. Tenors changed a little bit. Analysts are upping expectations, and that's continued to be expected. The amount of uh, institutional ownership is lower now than it was then when it last hit this record number. And that's kind of interesting because uh, people believe that this time is different, that this will be able to power it up to another level. Again, consult a broker advisor for taking action on any stocks mentioned. But they also talk about, the analyst, about the high-profile spate of executives that Apple has brought in recently. Um, and that they're known as patient um, leaders that have worked with successful groups and products. New head of retail, Angela Earhart's, formerly CEO of Burberry. New CFO, Luca Maestro, formerly CFO of Xerox. Scott Forstel, formerly in charge of iOS, was out, but he's been replaced by Jonathan Ivey and Craig Federighi. Kevin Lynch, the CTO of Adobe, Chief Technology Officer, is now at Apple, reportedly working on the iWatch software. Paul Deneuve of Yves Saint Laurent is working on special projects. Dr. Dre, Jimmy Iovine, Ian Rogers are all part of Apple through the Beats acquisition. A lot of people from Nike are working on projects at Apple. Uh, Dan Riccio was promoted to run hardware engineering. So um, Apple has increased R&D spending in the last two quarters significantly. And the last time that they did that, iPad came out. The time before that, where they increased R&D significantly, the iPhone came out. And way back in 2000, when they upped their research and development, that's when the iPod came out. Gross margins are fairly stable. M&A activity is going crazy. They've picked up 30 companies. Um, infusion of talent. Um, since the release of the iPhone 5, so a lot of people think this is their time for their quarter. We'll take a break here. Be right back and listen to Rob Black and your money. You can find me online at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show, and email me, rob at robblackshow.com. I've got my hands in my
Maybe flown recently. Got a little bit pricier recently. $5.60 for all flights with any connection longer than four hours, counting as a separate flight. Previous fee was $2.50 for any nonstop flight and $5 for any connecting flight. So it jacked up. Higher fees went into effect about a month ago. There's been a lot of computer problems applying to the tickets. 150,000 tickets per month in its systems tied towards the uh, Sabre Travel Network. So about 1% of all tickets are having some pricing problems. And TSA, I don't know, how do you feel about the TSA? Like, I don't feel that that whole process is exactly efficient, but I don't know. That's uh, just me. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we could talk about. We talk about flight safety. We talk about investing. A friend of mine, her uh, car having some issues, to say the least. And uh, it's going to be an extensive repair. Uh, do you have that kind of money set aside and or not? 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Let's take a quick look at some of the market numbers. We've got the S&P 500 up fractions. The Dow's up 12. The Nasdaq down 7. Welcome in, CFP Chad Burton. We're talking retirement issues. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. If you have retirement issues, financial planning issues, he's your man. Let's talk about retirement and cost associated with it. I know everyone thinks of, oh, I'm going to have to spend money on a vacation. Oh, I'm going to have to spend money on children. That's kind of like a living cost. And then there's the healthcare cost with Medicare. Let's talk about the tax cost in retirement. What can you tell us that we need to know? Well, everybody's different, so you can't use any kind of rule of thumb. Um, <laughs> there, we always come back to rule of thumb. Yeah, well, because the, they're most of the time worthless. Okay. Uh, people retire with different types of accounts, whether it's low basis stock, high basis stock, cash that's not taxed, certain amount of muni funds that are tax-free bonds, 401ks that are 100% taxable when you pull them out, Roths that are tax-free. You really have to run simulations. Once you figure out how much you're going to spend in retirement, then you got to model your portfolio withdrawals so you can model what your tax bill is going to be. you got to realize at age 70, you have to pull money out of your 401ks and, Roth, and, and IRAs, and uh, not Roths, but your, your pre-tax retirement accounts, and your tax bill can change again. So you have to model those out, and that is one of the biggest failures. So modeling, not modeling inflation and not modeling the correct tax bill in retirement is two of the biggest mistakes people make when they're trying to do things on their own. And then not realizing certain extra hidden tax traps. Um, people that take a lot of gains when you're in their portfolio, sell a real estate property, whatever. It can cause their Social Security to be either more taxable or taxed. And so Social Security, if, if one half of your Social Security plus all your other income, including tax-free bonds, is that if that's over 42000 85% of your Social Security is taxable. A lot of people don't factor that in. If you make over a certain amount, you could pay two to three times as much for your Medicare Part B called a surtax that people might not be thinking about. Sir? Surtax. Sir, I'm going to give you a tax bill. <laughs> so it's only for sirs. Madams, they do not have to pay. <laughs> oh, good God. It's, I'm going to be honest with you, Chad. This sucks. I, you know, I, right now you're, you're basically ruining my life. You're talking about taxes and retirement. We have a plague of people being not prepared for retirement or retiring too early. It is literally, it's like, 
it's it's the apocalypse of retirement planning. Every day I add up my money, like Scrooge McDuck. I count every single coin. Do you every bathe si- in it? Sometimes. I can smell that. I do pearls. <laughs> I add up everything that I own, right? I'm like one, two, three. I suggest and then I go, normal bathing, by the way. Long story short, the thing that I, I hate is, like, let's just hypothetically say I'm worth $8 million. I'm really not worth $8 million because taxes automatically are going to suck part of that out. Right. Whether it's when I die on an estate or whether I'm, I'm spending money, like taxes just, they're a, a silent killer in retirement. Yeah. You know, if you're worth $8 million and you die yeah. and you haven't done any correct estate planning, okay. anything over 5.2, well, about 5.35 million now with, with inflation is taxed at starting at you know 40% rates on up. So you're talking about, oh, you've died, you're successful, you've made a lot of money. Uh, Uncle Sam, give him a couple million bucks. Here's what I'm, I'm, I'm planning on for death and retirement, is I'm going to let my bastard children fight for the money with Uncle Sam. Literally, Uncle Sam. I've got an uncle named Sam. <laughs> and then I'm going to bring the real Uncle Sam in, the government, the IRS, and they're all going to fight for it. Sweet. <laughs> you should buy items with all of your money that are really hard to sell and liquidate. Like what? I, I don't know. I don't know. How about uh, a yacht? Toys, like collectible toys or comic books. G.I. <laughs> Joe's. Just loads and loads of it. So your kids have to spend like months and months and months on eBay trying to get rid of the stuff. And then I should leave like just strange things to the children. <laughs> I, I bequeathed my... Like treasure hunts? My, my bastard <laughs> child. Exactly. A treasure hunt. Everything is, is left as a treasure hunt. My throne. And it will be like a toilet. <laughs> <laughs> my throne and all the wealth inside of it. Um, anyway, that's CFP Chad Burton. Um, anything else that we need to know as far as taxes in retirement? Like, can you even plan for this? Yeah, you can. You can. You can plan for it for sure. You have I mean, to plan for it. If you're retiring without a detailed cash flow analysis, yeah, you are insane. It just it, it's crazy how many people. Because again, I, I've said this before, but the difference between if if you're retiring at 64 and running the simulation where you have, you know, you're running out of money at age 85, 90. If you worked two more years, you'd have enough money to last till age 100, just just a couple more years. Because if you think about it, rather than drawing on your portfolio for two years, you're not only feeding it, but it's also compounding. And so it's like you know, it gets you so far ahead with compound numbers that you're, you, you really need to model your success rate. You need to have conservative growth estimates in your portfolio, higher than expected taxes, um, and inflation to make sure you have enough. I've heard that there's some Ameriprise financial planners or financial people, because they're not really planners, that they'll actually give you a financial plan with a pistol. And basically, like, just in case this doesn't work out the way I think it does. <laughs> no comment. No comment. Don't tie me to that, that well, no, comment you said, in any way, shape, or form. No, you said <laughs> to make it last till 85. But just in case just I was wrong with case. some assumptions. Anyway, you can find CFP Chad Burton at newfocusfinancial.com. He is a great financial planner. Um, follow him at KDOW uh, on AM twelve twenty show from one to two new focus on wealth CFP Chad Burton newfocusfinancial.com. and I'm Rob Black talking all things financial Hertz is having some problems uh, publicly traded company shares are down eleven percent today it's withdrawing its 2014 guidance um, interesting because every time I rent a car it feels like really that seems like it's a lot more than it used to be. Hertz is going to look back at its financial record for 2011, 2012, 2013, um, to see if there's anything else that is wrong. So they're basically looking at their past performance to figure out if something was misstated. 
Um, some of the challenges, record level of industry-wide vehicle recall activity, which is constraining the company's fleet available for rent. <clears throat> Significantly higher than expected adjusted direct operating expenses in the U.S. rental market. Issues and delays associated with installation of its enterprise resource planning and counter systems, which have adversely impacted and anticipated synergy capture from the cracked and soft demand of the equipment rental business. So there you have it. Having some troubles. Um, anything you want to talk about, we can talk about? Um, Google Street View. Turns out that they may have run over a dog while it was doing its mapping. When your job is to drive a car down every street on the planet, taking photos to create a map of everything on Earth, you're probably going to accidentally hit some animals who dart out in front of you. So, um, there's a picture that it's not the most attractive thing in the world. So, it's probably a little upsetting. Um, it doesn't look good for the dog when you take a look at the street map photos of the before and the after. Um, just throwing out shit, the dog didn't move, and they got photos of it. Uh, we'll see if Google updates that. <clears throat> I'm a little freaked out by Google these days. I did a story yesterday about Google, and, uh, you know, 10 years ago, if you were to say, uh, Guatemala, it would pull up, like, airlines, hotels. It would give you links that you can go find in Guatemala. Um... What's interesting to note about that is now it's they're kind of giving you the airline reservation, they're giving you the map, they're giving you the you know the phone numbers, they're tying you into their, their all their other products. Basically, all the products that they used to provide links to, they're now owning said products. Um, I don't know. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Uh, one odd feature with Google Maps is you can pull up like your home and see like pictures of it over the last five years. Kind of date yourself. There just seems to be a lot of, lot of, uh, there seems to be just tons of, you know, data being held against us, on us. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. We'll take a break here. We'll be right back. Summer, sweet and sour, Jane, and music is my aeroplane. It's my aeroplane. Let's Welcome in, Rob Black, and your money. 
Steve Ballmer has stepped down as a board member at Apple. This is noteworthy, not so much so. I know that, you know, most people look at Microsoft as kind of that old regime along with Cisco and Intel um, as not as relevant as they once were. But Steve Ballmer was charismatic. I mean, he wasn't charismatic. He was energetic is probably the right word of saying it. Um, he's the owner now of the L.A. Clippers. He's stepping down from the board after 14 years of being associated with Microsoft. Um, he's basically given CEO Sachin a freer hand to reshape the company. He just purchased the Clippers for $2 billion. He still has about $4 billion of Microsoft shares. Um, so it's a handover of power. And again, part of success or failure in corporations, it starts at the top. And a lot of people could say that during his tenure at Microsoft, that Microsoft missed almost everything. They looked at the iPhone as, you know, the iPad is not a threat. The iPhone is not a threat. They just didn't get it. So it's if you're a shareholder, if you're a believer of Microsoft, then you're like, ooh, good thing he's gone. Just, the, you know, again, conversation. I'm not saying that sets up perfectly that way, but success or failure does start at the top. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Snapchat, um, very, very popular with younger people as far as mobile messaging goes. Messages vanish. Uh, disappearing TV and movie clips. Uh, news articles and advertisements. They're getting ready to introduce news articles and advertisements. Um, they've talked to media companies about potentially like, hey, you could show the first five minutes of a movie and it'll disappear. So Snapchat Discovery is set to debut in November. Um, and I think the financial, I think the media companies kind of like the idea of, you know, we can give people content and then it will disappear. They won't have it. Um, we could throw ads in it, things like that. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how well Snapchat's able to monetize this. Um, Alibaba considered but passed on investment Snapchat last month. So Snapchat has to like figure out how to get money soon. Um, throwing that out there for you. I don't even know if that makes any sense in any way, shape, or form. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. Target reports inline results but guided lower. Bank of England, their minutes revealed first split decision on rates in more than five years. Two members voted in favor of a 25 basis point hike. Strength today is seen in industrials and materials and telcos, telecoms. Weakness seen in energy, financial, healthcare. Um, some speculative areas like biotech doing well. Um, Russell 2000, a little bit on the weaker side today. Not having the best year for an index overall. Got the S&P 500 up one today, the Dow's up 24, the Nasdaq's down fractions. Yesterday's Sprint said uh, they're going to start a price war. It will be interesting to see if Verizon or AT&T do anything. Friday is when you can now go get to Sprint and use 
100 bucks a month for 10 lines, 20 gigs data. That seems to me a material improvement over what AT&T and Verizon are offering um, to the point that I'm going to look into it. I'm going to see what deals they have for individuals. I'm going to see what deals they have for families, friends and families. Um, I don't know. To me, it's just it's time to take a look. Like I said earlier in the hour, my first uh, wireless deal, you know, 14, 15 years ago, it was all based on phone quality because you were making phone calls. Now we live in a world of Snapchat and WhatsApp and text messaging, and you know, Apple with the operating system eight is going to come up with a, a way of you sending a voice message through a text message. So I just my personal thought is we're moving more towards data. I don't like being on the cell phone. Now, again, that's just me projecting me onto the world. Maybe that's unfair. Maybe that's wrong. But uh, just throwing it out there. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Um, NFL is going to ask bands to pay to play. That's fascinating, right? Um, Walgreens has got a big shake-up after their bad projection of, of revenue didn't work out quite the way it was expected to. CFO was replaced on that news. Billion-dollar forecasting error tied towards Medicare. Um, if you're CEO and you're trying to make business decisions and your CFO comes up way bad on a forecast, I can get you know him being let go. Walgreens didn't really factor in the, the price spike in generics. Um, that ties into retirement and the cost of retirement. Healthcare is very expensive in retirement. It's you know you've gone your whole life working for a company and it's kind of paid in your paycheck and you're like yeah, I'm cool with that. That's your money coming out of your paycheck to pay for it, but you don't see it because it's already built in. Retirement, you got to pay for it. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblack.com. Twitter, Rob Black Show. YouTube, Rob Black Show. When they cut me open, I guess I changed my mind. Views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800 516 1220. So call in, we'll chat, and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black.
on the Wall Street Business Network. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Talking about getting into retirement, talking about focusing on your wealth, focusing on creating your wealth. Anything you want to talk about, we could certainly want to talk about. Um, best magazines to read, best investment ideas, uh, worst investment ideas. It all kind of works when put together. Let's bring in CFP Chad Burton, newfocusfinancial.com. How are you, Chad? Great, Mr. Black. How are you? Good. Now, um, you threw me some content today. Uh, an overlooked retirement account vehicle. An overlooked retirement account vehicle. First, let's start with what's a retirement account vehicle? Well, the typical retirement account vehicles are your 401k, your IRAs, and your Roth IRAs. But people need to take a look at a health savings account. Now, it's not right for everybody, but it can be right for many people. I mean, part of a good plan as you go into retirement is to try to be healthy, right? And we, you talk about that all the time. I mean, you, sure. your dental bills, your health care costs, it, it can be a big drain on your retirement account. And Fidelity always puts out and updates these studies of couples that spend $220,000 to $250,000 over their lifetime on deductibles and ancillary medical costs. So part of the plan going into retirement is being healthy. Hopefully people are working on that. So if that's the case, if you are healthy, looking at a health savings account can be a great part of your retirement planning because let's say you're an investor and you've maxed out your 401k, you've maxed out your Roth IRA contributions and you're trying to say what's next. And maybe your kids are now you know, out of college, they're on their own, covered under their own health care plan, so you're kind of empty nesters. Or you might have a family that's extremely healthy and never really goes to the doctor. If that's the case, you can look at these health savings accounts because what's what's great about these accounts is you put in pre-tax money. So you get a tax deduction for putting money in a health savings account. The money can be invested in mutual funds. Okay. And then when you take the money out for costs of health care, you can take it out tax-free. So there's no, really, there's no other accounts out there, Rob, that you put in money pre-tax and you get to take the money out tax-free. They just don't exist. Um, and so, with, you know, and everybody between now and the end of the year is going to have an option to look at their their benefits through their employers, and take a look, fresh look at the type of plan that they have, and say, hey, maybe a health savings account is the right way to go. That's where you pair a high deductible health insurance plan with a health savings account. So you have to have a high deductible plan. So it puts a little bit more risk on the table in terms of your cash flow if you do get sick or have some sort of an event, um, okay. but the money into the health savings account. So if you do have that event, you can take the money back out tax-free. But what's great is it continues to grow for the rest of your life if you don't use it. Does your employer have to offer an HSA or can you do it on your own? Yeah, if you're part of a group plan, um, your employer has to offer it, and many are offering those plans. Um, And so it's it's something that really people need to take a look at, see if it's right for their family. For me, you know, honestly, I'm not doing it now, but I've got three young kids. Uh, my oldest son has had a couple of, um, he's got a knee surgery coming up. Uh, so it, it's, this didn't turn out right for me, but for a lot of people that are especially kind of mid to late 40s, 50s, empty nesters, healthy people, it works really, really well for. Sounds good. Um, is that enough on the HSA? 
I know we got, I mean, there's a couple different, I mean, first of all, people ask, well, it sounds like a Roth IRA. It does sound like a Roth IRA. But it's not, because a Roth IRA, you put money in after tax. So you put after tax money in. Okay. It grows tax-free for retirement. You can use it for anything. Now, for HSA account, you put in pre-tax money, and it grows tax-free as long as it's used for health care costs. But if you don't use it after 65, you can use it for anything. If you use it after 65 for any health care costs, including paying for long-term care premiums, long-term care insurance premiums, it's tax-free. If you take it out for non-health care costs, it can, it's, a, it's like an IRA. You just pay taxes on it. The thing to note, though, is if you take out HSA money for non-healthcare costs when you're under that retirement age, under the age of 65, for healthcare costs, people have to realize that. Okay. Now, what's the difference between HSA and FSA? Yeah, that's the that's the big one because it can get confusing. Um, first of all, an HSA account, a health savings account, has a higher limit that you can put in. So, a single person can put in up to thirty-three hundred dollars. They have a high deductible that matches that. If you have a family with a high deductible, um, you can put in up to $6,550. If you're over 50 uh, years old, you can put in an extra $1,000 catch-up. So potentially a 50-year-old with a family could put in uh, you know, $7,550 pre-tax into these things and then have an account that grows tax-free for health care costs. With FSA, flexible spending accounts, the limits went down. It's twenty five hundred bucks that you can put in, and it's kind of. It used to be a totally use it or lose it deal, where if you didn't pull the money out of a flexible spending account for health insurance costs, and the money goes back to the employer. Now you can put it. You can roll five hundred bucks onto the next year. So people have to be really careful to estimate what their health care costs are, and put in just enough pre tax into an FSA plan to use it all by the end of the year. Um, so FSA is not really an account that builds up. It's not an account that can be invested like an HSA plan. And again, um, at age 65, HSA and investors can pull out their funds and use the proceeds on anything they like. You know, the, the caveat is the tax treatment that I mentioned before. If it's healthcare costs, it's tax-free. And so it, it's a way that you know you can build extra, almost like Roth IRA money for healthcare costs, because. If you if you look at the HSA plan, you have a goal to max it out every year, and get up to you know, 120 to 220 if you're married, thousands of dollars in there. That's your healthcare bucket. That's the money that you look at to draw from for any healthcare costs in retirement, and it's a great benefit. It's a super Roth IRA for healthcare and retirement. Is there anything else that we need to know, CFP Chad Burton? Oh, there's a lot of things you need to know. I think we killed the HSA plan though. Okay. Thanks very much. It's CFP Chad Burton talking HSAs, health saving accounts, the pros and cons as part of a good plan of being healthy, um, help save costs in retirement. High deductible option gives you the ability to invest pre-tax and create a pool of tax-free money. Very cool, very nice trick as far as a retirement savings account, you know, like an IRA, like a 401k. An HSA is something you should consider, um, especially if you're relatively healthy and you're maxing out all your other benefits like a 401k. So you can find Chad at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Me, you can find me online at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Staples setting 140 stores this year as a sales decline. Um, Part of a closing plan that they uh, set up a couple months ago. They are going to shut 80 outlets in North America. 
uh, in the second quarter alone. Income in the three months dropped 20% down to $82 million. $100 million was spent on closing locations. Expansion by web-based companies like Amazon has basically hurt companies like Office Max, Office Depot, Staples. You get the idea. I feel like the big box retailer was very 80s, very early 90s, and we just don't need it like we used to. I'm Rob Black. You can find me online at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Twitter, Rob Black Show. YouTube, Rob Black Show. Welcome in. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Sprouts Fresh Markets is battling Whole Foods, and they're doing it via cutting costs on organic kale and other organic products. Um, It's interesting because Whole Foods has that image of becoming a whole paycheck to get groceries. Americans have for decades been turning towards organic and locally produced products as they are increasingly concerned about the environment and their own health. Um, it's going to be interesting to watch. They're you know, throwing down the battle, per se. Staples shutting down 140 stores this year as sales are still declining. Those are some of the top stories of the day. Let's talk a little real estate right now. Bring in Tony Mendez. Joining me now, Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. He's my personal lender. You've heard him on the show numerous times. I actually hang out with a guy on occasion on weekends and... Uh, just relax a little bit. So he's a lender. He's a guy who gets you your mortgage. He's the guy who tells you what you qualify for, what you're pre-qualified for. One of the more interesting angles that I hear him get frustrated over is when someone wants to put 20% down and the appraiser goes out and it's not quite 20%. It's too high of a number or too low yeah. of a number. Um and suddenly you have to come up with more money. Talk a little bit about how this happens and I guess recapsulate what I just said. I mean, quite simply, we're in a seller's market and there's not enough sales right now. We know inventory is low and sales volume is low. Purchase price is going to get kicked up. You're going to overbid uh, so that you can get that offer accepted. And then when your appraisal comes in, it's going to be you know a certain percentage below that amount. So if you have certain uh, down payment, let's say 20%, and the reason we want 20%, of course, is to avoid a loan that has mortgage insurance, and to get better rates, is now your loan is uh, as a uh, 19% or 18% down payment. Okay, so you're going to get mortgage insurance, or you're going to have an FHA loan with higher mortgage insurance. So there are some tools that people can use 
to keep the same down payment but avoid mortgage insurance, and that's to get um, a second loan. It, it always works out, and you don't have to get a big second loan. It can be as small as like $7,500. Um, and it can put you over that 80%. You, you have, a, you know, the interest rate's a little bit higher. Yes, it's adjustable, but but you can focus on paying that off a little early, leave yourself a nice little equity line you can use down the road, but it avoids that mortgage insurance, and there's always a lower payment when you get that scenario. So when it does come back, um, do people panic? When what comes back? The appraisal on it's... Um, well, you know, it's something that we've, we've definitely been focusing on preparing people for. Yeah. So we run the scenarios in advance. Now that doesn't mean that your lender is going to do that in advance. They may just say, oh, well, we got to make sure that you have 20% down and they don't, and they might see some reserves or they look at your 401k or IRA and say, oh, we have some reserves there that we can use. And they don't think it through that maybe they don't want to use a 401k or yeah. their IRA and they don't prepare people for it. And I think that's where, where a lot of people that are going into offers um, and, and they're not prepared. They're not talking to the realtor. And, and not only that, the realtor's not asking, hey, you got 20% down. Are you prepared to offer another 40000 over appraised value or whatever it is? Um, and what are your contingency plan? Contingency plans. How does the appraisal process work now? What is it, like a two-day thing? Um, you know, you, you start the loan process. You submit a loan. You you contact the appraiser. They, they call your, your agent. They enter the house. They... Um, take pictures, they measure the house, make sure, you know, the, the appraisal process is a, a lot more detailed than it used to be. Okay. Uh, and, and they have an appraisal management company that that appraiser works for that's going to do a quality check and the lender is going to do a quality check. And as a matter of fact, I just talked to a client not too long ago who came to my office and said, you know what, we try to refinance the lender. Uh, we got an appraisal. It worked out fine. But the lender did what, you know, the, the, a BP, a broker price opinion, and, and it, they disagreed with the appraiser and knocked or the appraisal amount and they knocked it down 20 grand which disqualified them so there's a lot of quality control that goes into it now but um so just because you get an appraisal and this is something that the california association of realtors and, and needs to change on their contract is that an appraisal contingency isn't just value yeah okay you can put an appraisal contingency in there and it comes in at value great it, the appraisal still has to pass the lender so, for example, if the property comes in in fair value or there's an unpermitted addition or uh, there's Section 1 items, uh, termite damage, or anything like that that needs to be repaired. So there's, there's, there, there are some corrections that need to be made, and I hope at some point they do make these corrections because it's kind of confusing. It's, it's too simple. And a real estate transaction, we want it to be simple, but there's a lot of things that still need to protect the buyer. And if you remove a appraisal contingency and you don't have a loan contingency, uh, you could be stuck with a with a house and coming up with extra money, have to borrow from your parents or whatever. Tap your four one k if you and you really didn't need to. It makes a painstakingly frustrating process even more frustrating when yeah. that happens. Yep. I'm speaking with Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. That's BayAreaLoanSource.com. And I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. AT&T out to beat Google in its own backyard. They're setting up what could potentially be the fastest internet speeds in the country for residential users in Cupertino. That's right in Google's and Apple's backyard, so to speak. Um, so the first city to receive the AT&T's one gigabyte per second offering and is one of four in the Silicon Valley where Dallas-based AT&T is pursuing plans for the service seems like my city is never on the list of, hey, aren't they building that cool new technology thing? Oh, 10 miles south of me. Bitter. I'm bitter. 
One day I want to be old and have yellow teeth and be bitter and have yellow teeth. I'm bitter and I have old yellow teeth like Jerry Jones and the Dallas Cowboys. Um, most interesting story I think of the day for me is that the NFL wants to charge um, bands to play their Super Bowl show. It makes sense. You know, you get 100 million plus people watching you in the United States alone. Uh, you're going to sell a lot of albums, a lot of iTunes. People are going to see you for the first time ever. They're going to say, hey, I want to go see that band with my sugar booger. Um, the one that we saw during the Super Bowl together. So, anyway, just throwing it out there. I think that's kind of the coolest thought of the day. And since it shows you how greedy the NFL is as far as monetizing every nickel, every dime. The Washington Redskins, uh, some of their players tried to show support for what's going on in Missouri. And uh, NFL doesn't really like it when players do that. Unless, of course, they sanction it and say you could do it with, like, breast cancer and pink pink items to be worn and auctioned off that they're making money off of. Um, NFL is just, to me, it's nothing free. It's the nothing's free league. It's they got a cost tied towards everything. You can find me online at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. You can find me on Twitter, Rob Black Show. You can drop me an email, rob at robblackshow.com. Business time coming, playing. That means Dr. Jeff Rosen's with us, Chief Economist at Briefing.com. How are you, Mr. Rosen? Oh, pretty good about yourself. Good. Are you all excited and gathered and waiting to hear about Janet Yellen and Jackson Hole and Janet Yellen and the Fed? That seems to be what's going on today. I mean, I'll be interested in seeing what she thinks to see if she's changed tone in in any ways about... uh, when interest rates are going to rise, my feeling is it's going to be pretty much straight by the book. You know, we're not going to see much difference. You know, she's still going to say that things are improving, and and you know, if she talks about raising rates at all, she'll be you know talking about how it's still far into the future. What else is happening in the world of economic data? I saw some retail sales numbers again look a little weaker. Target, Macy's coming out. Um, Lowe's not doing all that great, but Home Depot is. What do you what what's happening? You know, it's been a really slow month of August. Uh, okay. uh, a lot of people seem to take this month off, and uh, a lot of the econ blogs are silent. A lot of the analyses are silent, and the data has largely came in, come in with expectations. So there hasn't been anything to really rock the boat. 
Uh, in terms of retail sales, I mean, it, it all bodes to income. If you don't have income growth, you can't have consumption growth. I mean, that, that they're just tied together. The only way that that relationship fails is if the consumer decides to spend out of savings and lower the savings rate and, and increase consumption that way, which is what we saw in um, – you know, mid to late 2000s, where you had low uh, savings rates, which fueled the credit boom. Now, today, you have the opposite. You have, you know, a consumer that has, that's probably better credit worthy today than it has been in, a, you know, possibly a decade. And yet, the savings rate continues to trend higher, which means that unless income growth, you know, accelerates, we're not going to be able to see consumption growth. It's, it's just not there. So does that change, or do you see this as just the, the, the hangover from the Great Recession that doesn't go away? Well, I, you know, I, I don't know, really. It's unfortunate that there is no one way of calling this and saying this is a temporary uh, response to the credit boom and, and burst and you know, seeing how people react to you know, potential job losses that they didn't expect to happen. Now, and if that's the case, then once everything becomes stable, then you would expect the savings rate to fall back down, you know, 2%, even possibly below that, and consumption growth will resume as we had in the past. However, you know, if you look at this new generation of millennials, of uh, this Great Recession being like uh, the Great Depression to my grandparents' era, you know, their savings rate was always higher than the baby boomers' era because they went through a period of nasty recession, you know, and, and depression. And if the millennials believe that this type of recession is something that can happen again in the future, then those people are going to have higher savings and you're going to have depressed consumption growth for some time. What economic data are you looking forward to in the coming weeks that maybe we could start looking forward to? Um, I mean, the whole economy right now is revolving around job growth. I mean, without income growth, you don't have consumption growth. And without consumption growth, businesses are lax on investing. You know, we don't have a buyer of last resort in the, in the government, you know, in fiscal policy that would drive growth and, and you know, spur an economic acceleration. You know, that's not there. What we need to see is the private sector – um, passing profits through to consumers by employing more, more workers and, and driving up demand uh, internally, and that's been difficult. So we're, we're just going to keep focusing on those job numbers, see if they improve, keep focusing on hourly wages, see if those uh, strengthen, take a look at hourly um, work week, and see if, uh, you know, in the aggregate, people are working more, making more money, and having more income to spend. Taking a look at some of the um, other angles, uh, there was a story out this week that one in three Americans saved nothing for retirement. Um, what do you think about the savings rate in America? Is it getting better? Is it getting worse? And when we do save, does that mean we're not spending? And is that a bad thing versus a good thing? Yeah, well, that's that's the catch-22 behind all this. You know, we, you had lower savings rates because income growth was accelerating in the past, and you had higher, you know, quote savings in your homes or in other asset inflation. So you could you didn't need to put away as much every month because you were receiving higher returns on the on those goods. 
or on those assets, I should say. And today that may not necessarily be the case. Um, you, know, you still have a lot of people that are underwater in their homes. It's getting better, but it's not there. People that uh, left their money in the stock market sure have done well, but I don't know if you've had new players coming in and uh, uh, you know increasing their assets uh, of stock stocks and bonds. So it, it's difficult to say. Right now, it's likely that most of the savings that have increased have gone on to pay down uh, debts that we had, you know, uh, they had taken out prior to the recession. Anything else that you're working on that we should be brought up to speed on, kind of the softball pitch that I throw to you? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that really we need to look at how initial claims have been uh, and how they're tracking forward. Um, you know, you had a lot of talk over the last couple months. The initial claims level fell to its lowest point in, you know, till, since like 2006, I want to say. You know, everyone was talking about how that's you know, a great uh, indicator of employment growth. It's a great leading indicator for future uh, payroll gains, um, you know, and that, that all makes good on paper, but I think that the story is that those numbers were biased and those numbers were not adequately st uh, describing what the labor situation is. I think that the initial claims number that we got last week was more of a um, indicator of labor market participation and, and, and everything else. We had a number of 310,000, which is roughly in the 310 to 320 range that I think things are at. This is payroll growth of about 200,000 to 225. It's still good, but it's not great. You know, it's not the 300,000 per month payroll gains that a uh, sub 300,000 uh, per week jobless number would suggest. So I'm really keep focusing on these. These are the you know quote unquote leading indicators for labor market growth. And I, I don't think those numbers are, are very good. Thanks very much. That's Dr. Jeffrey Rosen with Briefing.com. He's the chief economist. His writings at Briefing.com are enormous. And when I say enormously valuable, not necessarily just big, <clears throat> they do hit a lot of big picture economic issues. He just wrote a piece called Consumption Woes, where you know he's concerned that the consumer could not necessarily be as strong as, po as potentially expected and lead economic growth. Um, the July retail sales seemingly confirmed his suspicions on that. So it was lower than two-tenths of one percent. So not good numbers. And again, when you start you know, shaping your economic forecast of GDP, retail sales are part of it. Import exports, producer prices, consumer prices, new home sales, existing home sales, housing starts. Uh, these are all p big pieces of economic data that you have to like put together in order to have a successful investment thesis. You can't just go into it thinking, you know, ah, this will be easy. I'm going to go buy XYZ stock, and it's going to take me to the promised land. It doesn't quite work that way. Now, with that said, I hope you're not getting negative because I don't want you going that direction uh, because part of this conversation sounds like you can't possibly do it. Uh, I don't think that's the case. I think you can. I just think you need some help, like briefing.com. Target reported inline results. Um, Target's not the most exciting of companies at this time. Another, they're trying to turn around from a publicity nightmare where data got stolen and it was their fault, big time. There was a story out that I found. You know, you, you see it and you study it and you go, what's going on here? 
an investor, an angel investor out of Europe, and this has also recently happened in the Bay Area as well as L.A., pretty well documented, that a venture capitalist basically is sending very sexually aggressive messages um, after a sit-down meeting uh, just because it happens to be a, an attractive female who's looking for funding for her company. Uh, European angel investor um, and companies like Beardy and Apiary uh, emailed, you know, just very things like, uh, I'm not leaving Berlin without having relations with you deal. And uh, it's unfortunate. And I hope we all could say that's unfortunate. And, you know, of course, I think we all know that sexists and sexism and uh, is alive and well. But it's really unfortunate when someone's trying to fund her company has to go through something like that. Um, the whole power-wielding angle of it. And you think, maybe I brought that on myself. Maybe I shouldn't have had one drink. Um, maybe my body language. and It's unfortunate. So, men, please behave. Uh, within reason, please. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Uh, I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. You can find me on Twitter, Rob Black Show. Find me on YouTube, Rob Black Show. We'll take a break here. We'll be right back. ever retire? That's a good question, right? Retirement's the payoff for working your whole life. You kind of get it a pass and you're born until you're about 16, 17 years old and parents start putting pressure on you to get a job and go to college. College is a job, I consider it. Corporate pensions are disappearing. Only 11% of Fortune 100 companies offer traditionally defined benefits uh, plans, down from 89% in 1985. Lifespans are going on higher. Um, so we're living longer, and we're going to have to do it on less, and without those pensions, it's tough out there. We retire comfortably. 48% of all workers don't expect to retire by the age of 65. That's crazy. Um, there's a lot of reasons why you'll never retire. There's a lot. You know, you're not saving in retirement plans, number one. A 401k, a 403b, a 457. So saving in that retirement plan allows your money to grow tax-free and compound more quickly. 
It's one of the easiest ways to accumulate wealth, and yet Americans still look at that as uh, risk. Only 49% of people who have access to a 401k participate in the 401k. 64% of employees in private companies offer retirement plans. I'm surprised 36% don't. Another reason why you're never going to get there is you're not taking advantage of that corporate match, company match in the 401k, 403, 457. You didn't start early enough. You enjoyed your 20s, your 30s. Now that you're 40 and you haven't saved anything, it's too late. Too late. At this point in time, you're not going to retire. You're going to have an emergency fund and try to work as long as you can to keep the cash flow coming in before you switch over to you know, a drawdown on very little money. Another reason you're never going to retire is because you know you used your 401k as a piggy bank and you borrowed against it. I never, ever, ever recommend taking money out of a 401k, whether it's to buy a house or whether it's to buy a car or vacation. Never. Big reason uh, people won't retire is because they don't get their career going and they switch jobs too many times. I've got a friend who, you know. For a while, she'd like just do the jobs barely enough to get by so that she could buy some, some pot and smoke it. So she could party a little bit. That was her goal. She'd ultimately get fired from many jobs across the, you know, the way, so to speak. A little sad, in my opinion. Um, because, again, you don't think about age 60 till you're 59 and a half. People don't save enough. I look at my taxes every year. I'm like, could I have saved more? I'm a, I'm in a pretty good position. I, I keep asking myself, could I have saved more? So I say you want to get to 10 to 20 times your salary before you retire. And to get there, you have to put, I say, at least 15% of your salary into some sort of savings. So, and if your company's doing matching, you know, you're already a good step there. Um, play catch-up. When you're older, you're able to save more. So don't play catch-up, don't retire. So once you turn 50, you can start putting in, you know, an extra $5,500 a year into um, retirement plans. And that'll go up on a scaling basis. So, but the ability to save $23,000 in a 401k per year for 15 years starting at age 50, at an annual 8% rate, gives you $674,000 at age 65. So doing that catch-up works enormously in your favor. Another mistake that stopping people from retiring is that they don't save for themselves. They save for their kids and their kids' college. Hey, I love your kid, but your retirement has to come first. In my opinion. Now, again, some people expect to live with their kids in retirement. Not me. Um, a budget. I'm surprised at how many people, and I know one couple right now that's, he lost his job and he's five years from retirement. He's not exactly rushing in to get a job. I'm like, you at least get unemployment. And he's like, well, I've got money I can live off of. I'm like, Phew, Okay. That's the wrong way to go. Even if you get a nice, big, fat severance, still the wrong way to go. Again, just my opinion. 800-516-1220.
get your calls in the air. Drop me an email, rob at robblackshoe.com, rob at robblackshoe.com. Um, coach yesterday at Little League, his team got knocked out, and they're about to well up and cry. And he gave this just amazing speech where, you know, like, you're one of the best teams in the world. Um, and he said, you're going to leave so- something here called pride. I think that's one of the best things you can teach children and teach your friends and family of how proud you are of them. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220. There's not a lot going on. Snapchat's trying to get ads put into their their streams. That's nice. You know, they got to make money, and how are they going to do it? Charge a buck for the app or advertising? It's an interesting problem, right? I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Money investing more. Target lowered their outlook. Europe's brewers are getting hit by Russia. Russia continues to be in the news, as does an American journalist who was beheaded, making the Israel-Palestinian-Syrian issues uh, even more so at the forefront. Afghanistan, Iraq, not the safest place to be an American journalist. I'm Rob Black. You can find me online, robblack.com, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Big money show coming up this week. You can sign up for it at kdow.biz. That's kdow.biz. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.